When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And if you're new here, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. I'm glad that you decided to come in and listen. I am Misty, of course, and I am your host. And I want to give you a little bit of information before I introduce my guest. Um, The National Domestic Violence Hotline number is 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number is 1-800-799-7233. It's a very great... uh, hotline number that you can reach out they'll give you a lot of information about where your local shelter is and you can also talk to an advocate on the other end of the line Um, also i want to um, give you domesticshelters.org they are an online resource for everything that you need if you want to type in you know your shelter where you think you're going to go your area you can get that information by the tips of your fingers and they are so very kind there um and you know, you could probably email them, reach out to them, and they will get back in touch with you. Okay, the second, the third thing is, if you're in any type of danger, please do not listen to this podcast. Um, get into a safety um, plan and get with your local agency somewhere. Um, dial 911 if you're in a situation right now. I do not want you to put your life um, <clears throat> at risk to listen to this podcast. So, With all that being said, and I hope that that was some wonderful information for you um, if you are in a domestic violence situation, I would like to introduce a guest that I've been kind of chomping at the bit now for a few weeks to get her on, but she's extremely busy. She's one busy lady. Her name is Caroline Markle Hammond, and if you have not heard of her, you need to look her up. She's all over the place. Um, She is the CEO and founder of Safe and Harm's Way and Epizon Strategy Solutions. Hey, Caroline. Hello, Misty. How are you, love? I'm great. Um, so if you give us permission, we'll go ahead and I'll start recording us. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Well, we're already technically recording. I just want to get your permission. Yeah, <laughs> so. thank you. Okay. Um, so I brought you here, you know, brought you on the podcast. So, you know, you are a survivor of domestic violence. Um, so would you like to talk about your story and just kind of fill everybody in? I will. So I, I'm so thankful, Misty, that you had us on today. You know, if people want to find me, it's really easy. They just have to Google Caroline Markle Hammett. So that's C-A-R-O-L-I-N-E-M-A-R-K-E-L Hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N-D.com. And from there, you can find everything out about me, but you can also find out everything about Epizone Strategy Solutions and Safe and Harm's Way. Now, Safe and Harm's Way is the organization that I founded based on, well, both of them really, of surviving domestic violence. And for today's podcast, you know, there's been some moments in the evolution of my journey um, that more and more as I talk to people in the same situation, who you choose to build your community with greatly matters. And someone in an abusive situation, you know, their abuser through tiny moments 
starts to isolate them. And that's what my abuser did without me even realizing that those were the things happening. And so who I'm sitting next to today is my very, very dearest, bestest friend, Kathy Vollmer. Now, Kathy Vollmer is the vice president of operations at Connexus Med Staffing. And she was also just named one of the top 100 global women in nursing. So to say that she's like this stellar human is professionally it's out there uh, but she's also a very good friend so we're going to be talking today because with my story and I'll start off with my story and then I'm going to ask you know Kathy to jump in on on how that evolved in our friendship but you know abuse never starts starts off as abuse abuse starts off looking a lot like love and flowers and poetry and travel and Darn near 100% of the time, I love you so much, and you are the only person who gets me. If I didn't have your love in my life, this is all coming from the abuser, right? If I didn't have your love in my life, I would be, I would be lost, you know. And I suffered so much growing up, and my, you know, my I, my sisters didn't treat me right, or my brothers didn't treat me right. My parents didn't. They tell this story of them being such a victim. And you, as the new love in their life, are just their saving grace. And so it feels like love. And if you're fiercely smart, and if you are empathetic, and if you are an invested person who really commits to people, then you buy into that story, and it grows from there. Um, so that's the part of the story that, that for me, with mine, you know, this was an eight-year relationship. Um, and I'll also say uh, another thing, you know, this is abuse doesn't look like a stereotype that people have. The, the man I was involved with is a senior VP of a major company. Um, I've spent 30 years as a pharmaceutical rep doing training and, you know, really as someone very confident in what she did. And by the slow evolution of our relationship, what looked like love, started to be sadness, worry, lies, screaming, fear, and pain. And because of those feelings in my relationship, I would have never raised my hand as being abused. Could have told you how afraid I was when he came home. Could have told you the number of times I had to run and lock myself in a bathroom and he'd be screaming at me through the door. Could have told you how much it hurt. Um, you know, to be thrown against a wall, have somebody spit in your face, could have told you all of those things. But those were my feelings. And because those were my feelings, I never made the next connection to that that was abuse. Mm. And so I just stayed believing, remember that story we talked about at the beginning, believing that story of if I just worked harder and if I just tried better, I am really the only person who can change him and make him stop these things. And if I just work hard enough and I just communicate better with him, and if I just do all these things, well then life is gonna get back to how it was in the beginning. Mm. And that cycle of that kind of abuse and being so hurt and angry when it was really sad. And then of course, it, you know, the abuser piles on the, the love bombs and the, you know, the things that um, make you stay. And for me, the isolation started in tiny little moments of 
Oh, love, I just miss you because you've been traveling. Let's not go out with your friends. Let's not go out. Let's not go out and go have, you know, to the wine tasting. Let's just, let's just stay home. And before I knew it, I really wasn't, I was bowing out of all kinds of things because he wanted me to stay home. And that's how the evolution of isolation starts. And I'll put an asterisk right here. I'll pause before I ask Kathy a question and we can talk about it because I want to put that asterisk that I'm using the male female pronouns, but I have the, the, the understanding what we do at Safe and Harm's Way is we are an online community that help people take those feelings, the sadness, worry, lies, fear, screaming, and pain. And we give them the resources, the community. We allow people to tell their stories. They can even info me, uh, info at safeandharmsway.org to share their own stories. And, um, you know, we do that to build community. And the sole focus is to take those feelings that people have in relationships and help them identify those feelings as the hallmark red flags of abuse. And so I use, I know that while I'm using the female and the male pronouns, that this also happens to men. This also happens to people who identify as queer. It doesn't have any racial boundaries, black people, you know, Hispanic people, people especially who have English as a second language and the disabled, they all face different challenges inherent in each lane of how that abuse looks so we'll stick with the girlfriend community and i love misty that how you do this podcast is you know there are no edits it's like i know we're virtual but it's like three girls sitting around having lunch on a you know we're recording this on a sunday so i'm gonna kind of talk that to kathy because kathy was one of the people who in this evolution some people friends fall away you know and then the abuser only wins because then there's zero community um so you know one of the things kathy first did for me was started inviting me out to go volunteer and we would go volunteer because kathy does a lot of great work with a kansas city-based volunteer domestic violence shelter called um hope house and she invited me so um i'm going to ask kathy a question and, and turn it to her and say you know as my friend what when you knew what I was escaping you know when you when I finally started to say what I had been living at home what was your first thoughts and then how did you think I'm going to start inviting her places because I need I need friends to be able to have the vocabulary to say I noticed this and here's what I did you know what's funny is you started talking about the isolation and I actually still remember the day that it became clear And it was that Valentine weekend that we went to Herman. Mm -hmm. I used to invite Carolyn to do stuff with us. And it was always like, oh, no, maybe next time. Oh, Mm -hmm. no, maybe next time. Um, And I just always had that funky, not feel right feeling, but I could never put words onto it. But as a group, we did do, she did with the person come on a weekend trip and all of a sudden I see Carolyn running out the door and she was trying to get back on a train to leave and we were like what just happened and I got to see a little glimpse of what you were living through at that time and then it allowed me to be able to ask a little bit more questions to feel comfortable to say hey kind of what's going on and to spend more time and you know if you know Carolyn she's just like such a giving good person it was like I want to reach out and 
to be more and I knew you had the same common interest and wanted to be doing those things but um being held back right um of course they don't want you you know now it so much of it more makes sense they don't want you to get ahead they want you to be dependent upon them they want you to be isolated um so I it was that that February weekend that it all became clear because I had these like feelings but I couldn't put my finger on what it was Mm -hmm. that was going on yep I'm so glad you brought that one up because that there's so many nuances to that particular event so what had happened in, in, in a full public restaurant, I had leaned over and said, uh, and, and this is four weeks before our wedding, our planned and paid for wedding that nobody knew about because we were eloping mm-hmm. and everything was, uh, not, I'm sorry, at Valentine's Day was eight weeks before our wedding. And, um, and I said, I'm so tired. Can we, can we go to bed? And he, he threw me up against a wall, cursed in my face and spit on me in front of a restaurant and and said, I won't use the expletives, but you know, how dare you? How dare you want to go up and and go to sleep? So here's a couple great things about that moment of what Kathy just said. She couldn't, even leading up to that, she could not have identified that, but she had feelings. So if you have a dearest friend and you you have the ability to say, I don't, I can't label things. Um, I'll tell this from two, two points. If you're the friend and you say, I can't label it. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I don't have a good feeling about this person. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say those things. It's okay to say that, but you, I, so many people don't want to. And the reality is if Kathy had said that to me, what happens? I would go back into repeating the story that the abuser fed me. Well, he's just awkward mm-hmm. and he just, he just, you know, or I understands him or mm-hmm. I made it might have made you feel a little uncomfortable and you would have distanced yourself further right. from a person because like uh oh they might know yes. something's going on yep mm-hmm. they might and so fear of something being said or making things worse right and that's the whole fear now for, let me tell that other side of that equation if you are somebody living in a relationship where the person makes you sad makes you cry you really wonder if they're lying to you you're worried about if you go out to the grocery store and you're five minutes late, what's going to happen to you when you get home? If somebody comes home through the door and just starts screaming at you um, or belittles you and tells you it's your fault, when when if you have a friend who comes to you and says, I really can't label it because I had, I did have a couple really close friends who said that. Let me tell you, your friends pick up on stuff and if somebody is telling you that to you then it's really a good opportunity for you to pause if you're listening to this and think you know let me really think about what's going on in my relationship let me look at this because you know at safeandharmersway.org there's always online community we have therapy that you can take virtually um we have an arrangement where you can start documenting you know, the abuse that you're experiencing or the feelings you're experiencing so that if someday you decide to go to court and try to escape, that that's all captured in a way that is court admissible. Mm-hmm. So we, Safe and Harm's Way has, you know, trauma-informed yoga that we can do online. Um, there's there's 16 different creators that tell their story so that everybody, we call it course of voices, so that no matter where you're living or how or what, you start to identify in these people who have not only navigated abuse and figure out how to escape, but 
um, they're, they're a beacon of hope for anybody living with this. So the other thing in, in the story that Kathy just told that was beautiful, even after having seen it, and, and she asked me, she said, please come sleep in my room tonight. Just please mm-hmm. come sleep in my room. Mm-hmm. And I divulged to you. I'm like, we are supposed to be meeting tomorrow morning with the minister because we're getting married um, in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. And she and mm-hmm. said, please just come sleep, stay in my room with me. Don't go back to that room, stay in my room with me. And I didn't. And you know what the beautiful thing is about Kathy? She didn't stop being my friend. Mm-hmm. And that's really hard when when friends witness that kind of thing and the person doesn't leave right. or the <clears throat> friends start to drop off and Kathy never dropped off. She never dropped off. She didn't judge me. She loved me through it. Um, and she, she held my hand so much. And that's key because people don't ever have the courage to leave unless they have the community saying I'm going to be here for you unless you have a community for my case it was you know when I decided to leave it was by discovering a level of abuse I didn't even know was Mm. happening in my life that I found on his computer Mm. and that's what started my escape plan and that escape plan took me about 10 days to craft and about six months to fully implement um, so in there was the escape, but there was there was some navigation to do between that. Um, and one of the things that I love about my dear friend is she's holding my hand, and that's always always my big thing to hold hands. So when when people can invest still in their friends or family, I take so many calls at Safe and Home's Way from family who are just fed up. Like mm. she is going back again, or he wow. is going back again. You have to love those people through it. If the minute you cut off that that contact, the abuser wins. Yes. Because then people lose their community. And so Kathy choosing, you know, to honor my healing pathway, Kathy choosing to keep inviting me to things, um, was a key part of our journey, a key part of the story of me navigating abuse. And, you know, the key part of my ability to heal and and also and this is a huge thing if as a survivor you start to rebuild your community and let's say money is tight let's say you know you're worried about paying your rent and buying your groceries and feeding your kids to re-engage with community you can volunteer at a domestic violence shelter you can go to a dog shelter and walk dogs. You can do a lot of things for free that in a really simple way starts getting you back out of isolation and into the community because when you're healing and when you're scared and when you're worried, you don't even know how to take that first step no. into life again. So doing the things, we call it at Safe and Harm's Way, we call it the world outside your window. What is outside your window that you can do for free? Can you go sit in the sun? Can you take one of our yoga classes and do it on your phone sitting in a park in the most sunny spot you find? Yes, you can. Can you go sit someplace for free that's beautiful and and log into one of our our therapy courses through um, the organization we partner with for that is called Healing the Wound. All of these things you simply do in free tiny little moments and before you know it, you are re-engaging with the world. And if you have friends who, or you share your story with someone and someone doesn't respect your story, well, they're not your people. Mm-hmm. Keep finding your people. 
Some people will never deserve to hear your story. And that has everything to do with them and nothing to do with you. So if you choose to share your story and you do so and people um, disengage or people blame you, ladies and gentlemen, those are not your people. Mm-hmm. And you can allow them to leave your life and find the best people to take their place. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. Um, yeah. And you know, yeah. that's what this, this podcast is about, um, is about telling your story and feeling, um, a, a sense of freedom in what you say to other people. So, you know, I, I, I get that isolation is a huge thing, you know, when it comes to abuse, you know, I was isolated from, you know, I didn't really have any friends at that time, but family was definitely an isolated thing for me. Um, you know, and, and that came along with it was, you know, I wasn't allowed to go to my mom's, uh, couldn't be around my mother, but for a few minutes at a time, because, you know, ultimately he knew that she would know I was abused. Uh, right. so that was the best thing for him was to keep me away from the people that love me the most. And, right. um, they did get fed up, um, but they still was there, but they, you know, with, with me, my daughter was little at the time. And so my daughter had to be um, taken. I mean, that was just one of the things, um, you know, I messed up my custody with her because of my choices. I made a poor choice and went back. Um, And so, you know, she didn't need to be in the abuse. And I, you know, I look back then, I was 18 when all this happened. Uh, So, and I'm 44. So, um, but then it was like, you know, I was angry. I was ticked off at my mother, but now I'm like, thank you, God, that I had a mother who was willing to be like, I've got to take my grandbaby and I've got to put her in a safe spot. Although, you know, cause Misty was older. I was making my own decisions, although they was very fog decisions. And a lot of it was out of fear. And a lot of it was because I was abused and beat down. But, you know, and my escape plan took about, mm, say about an hour to make my great escape. I didn't map out anything because I was in very big danger. I mean, he was beating me real bad, like uh, throwing plates at me, uh, you know, slitting my throat. He was a very dangerous abuser. You know, I mean, he, he had threatened to kill me multiple times. So the day that I did leave, I asked God, I said, look, if I leave from here, I will never look back if you just get me out of this because I was so fearful that day of my life. And so, um, but you know, I, I did wind up getting my daughter back custody back. Um, it was a temporary custody. It wasn't full custody. And, um, so when I got my life back on track, because not only did I go through that abusive relationship, but I went through a few more before I finally seen the light. And a lot of us do that, I think, that are abused. Uh, not all of us, but some of us who have been in abuse, you know, and it's almost like, you know, of course it is a cycle, but the second abusive relationship I got in, it wasn't physical, right? So it was just mental, but he bought me a pack of cigarettes at the time I smoked. Um, he paid for my gas, right? So I thought, oh, because the first abuser never bought me anything and beat me. So I thought the, the second guy, oh gosh, you know, the love bomb, he bought me flowers. The first abuser didn't do that, see? 
And I think that a lot of that was because I had not healed. I was coming out of that one and I ran right back into another relationship because of I, I wasn't secure with myself. Of course not. Um, but I found the love bombing, right? I felt it, but I was like, oh, he loves me, right? He's buying me these things. He's doing all these wonderful things for me because the emotional abuse didn't start till later. Right. And it wasn't a physical abusive relationship. It was just mentally abusive. So, you know, we go it's through all, the... Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, Misty, you bring up a great point. One of the things for safeandharmsway.org that we have are all different kinds of healing modalities. So mm-hmm. if you... That's why we talk about feelings. Because mm-hmm. if you are starting to recognize in your relationship that there are feelings, both sadness, worry, lies, you know, uh, screaming, fear, pain, you can... You can always start your escape plan before you even decide to leave. Wow. You can always refuel yourself. We have so many forms of healing that Safe and Harm's Way that people can do online. Um, and it's at safeandharmsway.org that people can start to rebuild themselves from the inside out, mm-hmm. figure out how to heal, all while deciding, is this the relationship I want to be in? And when that decision is no, using it to craft an escape plan. Now, again, in your situation when, you know, it's it's vital, leave, leave. But if you're one of those a person who's thinking, wow, like this doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. You have all these ways to heal yeah. when you start to recognize the feelings associated with your relationship. And well, that's a, a big part of it. Well, I think. now um, <clears throat> in 1996 or 1996, there was nothing like these things. Your program, like just a program period online did not exist. You know, we didn't, yeah, you know, we didn't we, have the tools we, we have now. Yeah, COVID changed everything, and we made a huge pivot at Safe and Harm's Way. Oh, yeah. Our latest um, campaign where we strictly looked at isolation, mm-hmm. um, and because we can do so many things online, and here's why it's important, Misty, And so I'm calling you from Missouri. In Missouri alone, slightly over 30,000 people needed services and received them from domestic shelters all across the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. You know the number of people who didn't receive any services because everything was so full around about 29,000 people Mm. so if you take those numbers from Missouri and and look at them across the country millions of people can take advantage online of services offered if they're living with in domestic violence Mm -hmm. and you know even the shelters in your community you don't have to live there in order to take care of their services but sometimes there's wait lists so while you're waiting you can go online at safeandharmsway.org and find all the ways to heal our last campaign strictly aiming at addressing isolation as as a form of abuse and it was done partnering with domesticshelters.org with um the out-of-home advertising association and with a company called neon which is an ipg health company when I saw these statistics, I was blown away. The reach and opportunity. We reached over 1 billion people. Wow. Opportunities to find services and resources. Mm. Just at Safe and Harm's Way alone, the utilization of our resources during that time was an increase of 181,322%. So that means even as an organization, which is worldwide, and we are growing, when it turns out when you reach a billion people, you get over a hundred thousand increase, almost two hundred thousand increase in the people logging in to view our services and get assistance. So if that doesn't tell you the number of people out there facing mm. this kind of 
situation at home, you know, our biggest hashtag is because you never know. Because right. you do never know who you those don't. people are. No, you do so not. that is how people find <laughs> us and find the resources online and the community is now different than ever before. And I think the biggest opportunity time and era that people can find their community, build their community, keep their friendships. Yes. And then heal after during and you know any aspect of the road they're traveling at safe and harm's way or you know to find safely while in harm's way of an abusive relationship right right well you know what that is a amazing amount of statistics numbers just the people that was coming to the webpage you know right that's amazing in itself and you yeah. know and you know i often have said within many interviews that i've done as a survivor um, and as an advocate that these were not resources that were even available i don't ever remember which we didn't really have online i don't believe in 96 and if we did it, i wasn't a part of it <laughs> so you know right. i mean we didn't have the resources that we have today and i'm so grateful that we actually have podcasts we have a nonprofit that's over you know online that we can reach out and we can get these healing things and yeah you know, there's so many things for women and men who are abused um to be able to get online and and one click of a mouse you know we can be there and a click a couple of clicks on the the pad you know and you can be there and uh so i am so grateful for what you do caroline it's it's such a wonderful wonderful thing that you do and the re the outreach that you do is amazing and i you know i can't thank you enough we're at 29 minutes um so I'm going to let you have another shameless plug and then I'm going to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take this, I'll take the shameless plug. Go for it. Um, I want to uh, thank my dear friend Kathy Wilmer for providing the perspective today of what it's like to be a friend when you're living with, um, when you have a friendship and, yeah. you, and you worry about that person. So thank you, Kathy, um, for being yes, here Yes, thank you for coming on. Um, and also you know if you are dealing with the feelings that you can't quite label that something's wrong but you it's just the feelings associated with your relationship do not make you feel good Mm. then that is really the time Mm -hmm. to start your your exit you know to start planning or to leave that relationship um i I read a great this little meme that said hey if you have to google something about your partner Mm -hmm. then that's a really big sign Hey guys, um, Caroline got cut off of the minutes. So go ahead, Caroline, you can finish. <laughs> Thank you. So you can find services, you know, at safeandharmsway.org. Uh, we are an international company. I've got to travel the world doing training for survivors to help them live and heal in the after. Epizon Strategy Solutions. So that's E-P-I-Z-O-N strategy.com. You can find us there. And that's where I work with employers to set up lunch and learns and training for how domestic violence manifests in the in the workplace it's a 3.6 trillion dollar problem um economic problem affecting employers so really significant training that we can do for employers to help them understand the dynamics of how people show up when facing abuse 
but also to provide the resources to them. So we work that as well. Those can be found at those two websites, safeandharmsway.org or epizonstrategy.com. And of course, if you want to reach everything as a one-stop shop, it's Caroline Markle, M-A-R-K-E-L, Hammond, H-A-M-M-O-N-D.com. And it has everything on there that you will need. Well, great, great. Um, So guys, you heard her. um, I mean, it's all there. Um, Caroline is such a, she's such a great person and I am so grateful that her and I met. Um, and I do remember we met on a Zoom meeting and so we did. And so guys, just go check out Safe and Harm's Way. Um, she's got a wonderful thing going. She's got so many wonderful programs, um, that she can help y'all with. Um, so many things that are beneficial for women who have uh, survived domestic violence through that, and women who are going through it um, and that just come out of it. You know, these are some things that even as a survivor myself, uh, you know, we think we're okay, right? And so years down the road, years down the road, we were like, okay, we're fine. We are surviving. We're working a job. We're, we're not, nothing's wrong with us. But deep down, we may not be healed. And, you know, survivors go through that where they come to a crossroads where they're like, okay, all this trauma has not been healed in my life. And so we have to get extra self-care. And then we also have to reach out and get some some help. And that's okay. It's okay to say you need some help. Uh, so, you know, just keep that in mind. And you know what, Caroline and Kathy, thank y'all both for coming on the podcast. Um, I really appreciate it. Well, I, thank you for having us. And, you know, you, you led, I'll close out with this. Thank you so much for talking about what you just did with finding health and resources at the very top of, of the Caroline Marco Hammond website. People can sign up for a free download. And I give, you know, the first steps toward allowing people to re-engage and build community after isolation. So if you just want to do one thing, if you feel like your your life, your brain is overloaded, if you want to do one thing, I will give you just one thing you can do with all the ways that it will positively impact your life. Take it from, from chaos to calm, and maybe that's the one thing that sets you on the pathway to doing the other healing and doing the other safety and doing the other ways of which you understand you are completely worthy of relationships which bring you honest love. Wow. incredible people food fun travel whatever whatever is your right now perfect um we can start you off with just one thing and that's the very top of the website you just click on that and it's an instant uh you get it instantly in your inbox yay thank you so much um again and so right before we shut out here i do want to mention one thing go on itunes and give the podcast a review um review this episode give um miss caroline um a review because it, it really does mean a lot for us to know how did we do did you get the correct information you know um what do we need to do to make improvements for you the listener okay and for anyone out there listening Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You mean the world to me. And um, y'all have a great week, guys. It's Sunday. Go out and make someone smile today. I love you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye.